what's going on behind you over there? Your your background looks a little different. Oh yes, there is an air mattress in the behind me because my office doubles as a guest room, and we have some friends and their um, eight year old coming for the weekend. And I live in a pretty small condo, and so you know you have to make the best uh, best of the space you've got. So. They will True. be sleeping here tomorrow night. Yeah, it makes it definitely look um, less. It makes my little library wall look less cultured when there's an <laughs> air mattress. It is one of those air mattresses, though, that like um, you plug it in and turn the power on, and it looks like a spider. It like the legs like come out and like yeah. so it's like <laughs> elevated. It's yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like that. It's a pretty solid air mattress. If you put like a, a mattress uh, pad thing on it and just throw a sheet on there, you know, some people might not even know. I 100% agree. It is a really good investment if you have friends who want to visit to invest in a really nice air mattress. It's they're pretty dope. The good like good ones that do that. Amazing. I mean, if you're tight on space, which, hey, that's, uh, that's... everyone in 2022. Well, mm-hmm. you know, inflation. Am I right? <laughs> um, that was corny. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, also, what's going on with your voice? It's like. Well, everyone should, um, you know, up until now, we've been recording our episodes back to back. But obviously, last night, uh, we split up this week. And so we're, we're now recording on Thursday night versus, you know, we did the episode five, which was Bad Fortune on Wednesday night after the episode. And so right. um, I had to work dinner and it was at a loud place. And I'm, I must have been shouting or something because I sound a little gravelly. <laughs> Bring, it brings me down an octave, you know? Yep. Um, Bring the whole elf choir down an octave. <laughs> you ever watched Elf? That's <laughs> one. Uh, I have not. Um, final question. Elf. Oh, the movie Elf. I thought you said Alf, and I was like, I mean, I know Alf who he is and stuff, but <laughs> I didn't watch the show. Elf. Oh, yes. Yeah, never mind. Yes. Um, final question. Do you did you guys go trick or treating, and do you have candy left over, or did you have candy at your um location at your place to give out to kids? I don't have leftover candy because we didn't give any candy out to kids because we weren't in our place. And part of that is also the neighborhood I live in. I'm on a street, again, said I was in a condo. The neighborhood I live in has these like triple decker buildings. And so there's like three units in a building. I live on the top floor of the building. No one's going to come um, in to go trick or treat up there. Y- yeah. I mean, they could ring the front door, but also it's just like people don't ring the door. People don't bring their kids there. They go to the, they go to the bigger houses. You know, yeah. They want the full-size candy bars. So we actually drove to a neighborhood where our friends live like adjacent to some of these wildly big house perfect and so then they've got a two-year-old so we took our perfect. baby and like followed them around and just like saw the like absolutely gaudy wild halloween decorations at some of these places it was like people who must have like spent ten thousand dollars on like life-size halloween creatures in their yard it's 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 insanity how about yeah. you um we we like I live in a disgustingly cute cul-de-sac and all the neighbors meet in the middle with this in the roundabout with the tree. And we've, there's like, um, you know, there's two, two year olds, an infant and a five year old and a bunch of retired people and stuff. There's like six houses and we all meet in the middle. And then we, and then we walk down our cul-de-sac across the street to a similar location where there's like really nice houses. Uh, and we kind of hit that, but I forgot to put the bowl of candy out um in our door because we were going to be gone and i buy of course the candy that i want to eat and i have tons of uh sour patch kids and starbursts because i like the gummy chewy type candy so i've been eating way too much of it 
I am not. I yeah, I've got a t- confession for you. I'm not. T- I'm not a candy person, really. I just don't enjoy candy. I would much rather eat like give me a donut any day. And I'm oh, interesting. Donut, like I'm like a pastry carb person to a fault. Right. Well, I would say I'm not generally a candy person either. If I'm gonna do candy, that's kind of candy I'm gonna do. But if you're gonna give me something, I like I'm a salty guy, so like give me some like chips or some French fries. <laughs> I'm a savory oh, snack, sweet guy. and salty. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, we've talked for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we begin? Let's do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris, you said, what's up, uh, everyone? Hey, Tyler. Um, hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Uh, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a mood tonight, I guess, apparently. Tonight, we are here talking about episode six of American Horror Story NYC. That is the episode titled The Body. Uh, this is the episode that debuted at 11 o'clock uh, on Wednesday. Um, but again, we're recording it on Thursday and breaking up the episodes this week. Um, we are now officially, well, uh, I guess definitely more than halfway past uh, the halfway we're, point of this season. Yeah. We only have four episodes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're really, I mean, I don't know. I've got some questions for you about where things are going in these final four yeah. episodes uh, i got some thoughts but we will definitely get there um we i don't know that we have a whole i we're not going to be bringing in a whole lot of additional commentary on this episode in because the way the episodes are structured we used a lot of the like inbound fan mail type stuff last yesterday. episode yeah and so the, the new stuff we'll, we'll bring in next week so i don't have a whole lot of stuff to cover there other than to remind everybody that as always you can reach out to us at this american horror gmail.com and we will respond to emails uh, and questions and everything else. I'll bring them on the show. Same thing uh, at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash American Horror Story. Either message or you can post a comment on um, one of our kind of post updates um, when when episodes go live. Um, also, as always, uh, we'd love it if you rate us and review us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Sometimes I forget to say that and I think it's been a bit, but it means a lot and it helps, you know, the podcast reach reach a wider audience um which i'd be curious to see i think we've talked about this like what the american horror story audience looks like after our season 11 right yeah um yeah. It, is there a lot of new people who've started watching recently is there there's probably plenty of people who watch for a while and have kind of fallen off um i don't know i'd be curious maybe it's people who kind of come back and forth and watch some seasons and don't watch others you know and kind of just see how they feel after watching the first episode or something but right um i think from how we felt and talked about this season it's been one of the better better seasons um i think social media is showing that too people are like kind of pretty into it and i i'm you know there's we're like we talked about last episode there's little um shades of classic american horror story but then we're also getting this brand new tone that they haven't done before that you and i are enjoying yeah i'm I'm into it um i want to also jump in um you can also find us on youtube you can. We are now on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it now, I guess. That's, that's part of the spin. Um, anyway, before we dive into the meat of uh, the body, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking this evening? I am drinking a glass of Pardici Merlot, small lot from Mendocino County. What are you drinking? 
I am drinking a far less sophisticated glass of red wine that is from a, a box from Spain somewhere. I forget <laughs> what the box is called. You know, it was just like a easy drink. It's uh, called wine, I'm, vino. I'm, I'm out of cider, so cheers to that. Yeah, hey, cheers. That's what happens when you do a Thursday night. <laughs> Chris, can you walk us through mm-hmm. uh, the cold open of this episode, please? This might be our shortest one we've we've had, with the exception of the one that there was just not one at all. Um, it's funny because in my mind, I was thinking this episode, I was like, we're due for a flashback. This opening cold, cold open is not necessarily a flashback, but we do get Fire Island 1981, which is the current time, uh, for the story that we're, that we're watching. Uh, and there's, you know, it's evening, there's a couple, uh, a gay couple smooching on the beach next to the ocean. And then one of them, they're getting a little hot and heavy, and one of them leans back and seemingly gets bit by something, and he thinks he gets bit. And it turns out they look over, and it's it's actually like a like a hand sticking out, like a like a claw hand, skeleton type hands, definitely decomposed. And they start digging around, looking to see more, and they find uh, what looks to be a head with a mask on it, possibly a leather mask buried in the sand. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's it. Short and sweet. Um, my first impression when I saw this cold open was, oh, did we find Big Daddy's body? Is he really dead after all? Is that where your mind went to? 100%. I was like, is this Big Daddy? Yep. Because we knew that he possibly had died via Sam's story two years ago. His body was decomposed. So, you know, honestly, there might be a connection that we can talk about because the flashback we get later is two years ago, 1979, Fire Island. So... I'm curious what's happening there. We look, we get a lot of connections in this episode, so there's got to be something me- meaningful there. But I know I thought it's Big I, Daddy as well, right? I and I mean I don't that, I don't imagine that's coincidental, right? So yeah. I think there's some things to unpack there. Um, this episode was written by Brad Falchuk, Manny Cotto, and Our Lady J, and it was directed by John J. Gray. So again, all American Horror Story veterans and all mm-hmm. folks I think who've already um, either written or directed episodes this season. In this season, sure. yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So where do we kick off with things? This episode opens with Pat and Gino together going to go see Dr. Wells. And they basically are pressuring her for blood samples of all the folks who were at the, um, you know, remember when she took the blood samples? Yep. Excuse me, after the fire at the bar, because they seem to think there's reason to believe one of the people there is Whiteley. Um, and I believe, and well, they knew Wiley was there because they were chasing obviously Gino was chasing him throughout the hospital and he closed him inside of a freezer in the morning. Mm-hmm, right. So so they know he was there. Um a couple questions. Well can I just pre- can I present you with one up front that's a little bit jumping the gun? Sure. So we we know that we know that Patrick has seen Wiley before, right? Because right. now in our flashback later, he saw him on Fire Island. And right. he saw him also at the hospital, but he clearly was not putting two and two together. Yeah. I guess you could surmise that Patrick was in such a state of shock when he was on Fire Island after the death that like some of those memories are a bit of a blur for him. So he doesn't remember. Or he was so drugged up that he just didn't recognize a face or realize who that person was because he was disgusted also about what because what was about to happen and the shock also 
that's the only way to justify him not knowing a face from a very pivotal moment in his life. <laughs> right. Like really pivotal. Right. So I think that's got to be, you know, if we're being, I don't know, generous, I feel like that must be, that's our interpretation. So we'll call that our interpretation for the sake of the show. Right. Yeah. Um, what's interesting pin- to me though in this scene is that, sorry, go ahead. I was a pin on that. And this is kind of a theme for me in this episode is like, I'm trying to remember who's seen who and who met who and who knows who, because, because the whole, hannah and uh adam thing completely threw me off that they had this connection like we talked about last episode our last episode where was there a missing scene where we saw them actually have a connection it was just kind of like just like it was just normal that they knew each other so this episode we see a lot of that but when han when hannah meets um patrick and gina i'm like wait they've not already met because it's just kind of confusing about who knows who it is and there's a couple moments like that in this episode too where it's so, like oh i didn't realize you guys i mean we've seen you talk and we didn't know you knew each other kind of thing right, or right right uh, exactly yeah, it's yeah, a little the, hard the conversations have been a little bit confusing if you're um, murder mystery detectives like we are that's right well so, so one thing that was a little bit i don't know um i was gonna say bothersome to me in this scene is like wells seems to be protecting whitely um by not offering up his uh blood sample and i guess you know doctor patient confidentiality she says but at the same time we know she's dedicated to the cause and they like have her say that and everything but i also like she already went and like collected the samples illegally basically so why is she now really be upholding this well that's a good point and i think they don't want the actual blood samples they want the paperwork that goes with the blood samples they want to know mm. who she collected blood from so they have like a roster of who was at that party. right 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 okay so they want that's something um but Agreed. All of a sudden, you know, and then she says something like, I am looking out for this community, your community more than anybody else. And she kind of is in a way that she's trying to f- figure out this disease that's affecting mostly gay men. Gay community, mm-hmm. But they're also getting murdered by somebody and she won't step into that game or that court. So it's a little yeah, it's a it's a weird choice of her who someone who's already essentially done an unethical um medical (laughs) uh um uh right it's like she has some ones but not others a little bit so a little bit confusing yeah uh but that's i think pretty much i think that's all we really see of of um wells this episode right and i don't think we get any adam in this episode at all no it's kind of interesting because like we got a lot of adam last episode so if we had watched these back to back it would have felt like a good pairing because we got a lot of you know Adam in the, in that episode, and now we're getting more of Patrick and the other. Yeah, it's like we have Fran, Fran Adam Wells, Theo, Kathy in the episode, in the right. front episode, and the real right. only carry through is Patrick and Gino, right? Who are really, I guess, probably our primary protagonists in this season. It seems. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Gino and Patrick are are, and then we have Adam as kind of the secondary, Third. but but yeah, yeah. Uh, back at back at police headquarters, Patrick's kind of getting the side eye, and um, well, first of all, the hospital called to complain about Patrick being there, which is like, if Wells, if you're really helping, like, why would you make a big deal of that? So I don't know if she initiated the call or what. Um, but while he's he's there is when Patrick gets the call from Frankie, uh, Frankie Saint Vincent, I think is the name, on Fire Island, saying that you know we we found a dead body. It seems to be in line with. You know, they're, they're wearing leather, so we kind of realized that the main police wouldn't come out here, but we hear that you actually are investigating 
you know, these these murders are on the gay community. So will you come out here and investigate it? Where we get Patrick's really one of his best lines. And Gina asks him, like, why did they call you? You know, it's I mean, it's not even his jurisdiction. And Patrick says something along the lines of, do you did you write the line down? No, uh, no, I don't know that I did. I think he says something like, because I'm the only cop gay enough to care. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. 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 Um, well, look, like he. Um, you know, well, so that uh, that's one step ahead because I wanted to point out for a couple of things. Oh, First of all, my bad. We, we also know at this point that like it's underscored that like all the cops are treating him differently at this point because he's a gay cop. And so everybody at the office knows, obviously, and even his partner. They, he's like, hey, just go make jokes behind my back. But but yeah. I feel like there's something about his partner might be a little nicer or maybe gay. I don't know. He, he, um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, who, empathetic, who knows? But, but basically, like this is the exact reason he didn't want it to be out because right. he didn't want to have to deal with this shit, right? Right. Um, also, um, we get right after this is when we get the flash to Sam, who we did not see in the previous episode. Um, he's getting some weird statues unpacked, uh, and he gets a call from Patrick saying, "We have a problem." Now, this was a little bit of a WTF moment because we've seen Patrick and uh, Sam interact before, and I don't feel like. Well, I feel like we do. It, it's almost like I want to go back and rewatch the scene where Patrick shows up at Sam's party. Because I feel like if I was to rewatch that, I'd be like, okay, Sam does act like he's seen Patrick before. Um, but we don't really get any details. So, right. like, with and a he, distance, this felt like a little bit random. But I feel like if I went back and watched it, it'd be like, oh, no, he actually, they actually did know each other. So it's more hidden yeah. that than we realize. This is this is one of the few seasons that has made me want to go back immediately and rewatch other episodes, which I generally don't have with American Horror Story because things don't make sense. This actually seems like I remember that interaction that you're talking about, and I want to see exactly how they played it because I do remember us talking about how Sam says, like he alludes to uh, Patrick's um, sexuality, and he's like you know, I know who you are. And, you know, now having this information, it's sort of like, oh, he, he, they do know each other. And he actually does know it wasn't that, that Patrick was just a, like, horribly disguised, or, or not, not uh, effectively disguised, um, closeted gay man. Right. Uh, so, okay, so we have Patrick reaching out to Sam. Um, and there's some some problem related to the dead body that they both know about. Mm-hmm. But it's a secret we haven't been privy to yet. Right. Meanwhile, our friend Harry, Dennis O'Hare, who we haven't seen in a little bit. Henry. Harry? Henry, thank you. Henry um, is meeting with uh, a, a mobster, I think we pretty qu- yeah. qu- like quickly get. And we've had some hints about mobsters previously, obviously. We had the sense that Kathy's businesses are funded by the mob. We had the sense that the other leather bar is funded by the mob. And some so- of our listeners have written in and said, like, yeah, that's a thing. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. and i've heard also that there's theories that the mob was involved in like stonewall and stuff like that and so wow. i yeah i i don't have the details on that so i don't want to give too much more um i, sh- I actually i remember i don't even remember who was telling me about this recently so i kind of want to go look up the details and bring it back next week mm-hmm. but i'll just say i feel like the mob i don't know if they'll continue to play a bigger role but they certainly do in this episode right and they they want henry who we realize is actually a hitman carry out a hit on Gino because the police are asking them to do it because he's 
bothering the police too much, which, okay, he, he does have a crusade against the police. Um, yeah. I don't know that I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I it's guess a stretch. it's possible. Yeah. And I, but you know, I don't know. It makes me wonder if any of the dirty, if it's like our friend Mac Marzara or something like that, <laughs> who's, who's the dirty cop, right? Yeah. You know, it's the mob doesn't, we've talked about this too, that possibly a lot of these gay bars or bathhouses are fronts for the mob to launder money perhaps, or whatever they might be doing. So they don't want to lose that. If the police are really forced to go in and investigate this, then that might kill those operations. Right. Exactly. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of the, the piece that you were hinting at previously, Patrick lies to Gino about the body saying it's related to the Mai Tai killer at that point. Ironically, we later learned it is actually related to the yeah. Mai Tai killer. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but Gino doesn't trust Patrick at this point, which fair enough. Um, I suppose, <laughs> especially, I mean, again, the time jumps between episodes are a little weird. Like we don't like how recently was Barbara's death, right? Like not yeah. that long ago. Um, this is a long summer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very active. Mm-hmm. But Gino tracks Patrick and sees him climb in a car with Sam. So again, Patrick is lying, obviously. And so he has reason not to trust him. I feel yeah. bad for, I'm, I like, actually do feel bad for Gino at this point. Like, I don't think Patrick intends to be a bad guy. I think I, clearly the, the way this is shown, and we'll get into it, like, it, this, it wasn't meant to, this wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Hit, but, I mean, hit, uh, his giant personality trait is secrets like he hides his sexuality he hides his um fetishes he hides his bodies <laughs> he hides his right, um yeah. his um affairs because and this is when gino and him are talking this is what kind of bugged me was um gino gets a little jealous and and um suspicious like are you going to go sleep with someone else and i feel like we just had an episode where you're Patrick confessed that he had been doing that and that so I don't think Patrick would just go do that and not tell him at this point like a lot those cards are on the table um so that that was a little weird for me <laughs> like Patrick was like uh excuse me I'm too busy to have an affair right now yeah. basically <laughs> yeah um but then we jumped to Fire Island Pat and Sam show up to Pat Pat and Sam show up together um you know, I don't, again, I don't think we knew they were pals. Like, we're no. beginning to realize, yeah. They just, um, they have a bond, a trauma bond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it, The camera shots here are a little interesting. They're, it, like, looks like they're coming from a security camera. I don't know if you kind of noticed that when they, like, start coming into the house on Fire I Island. I did not notice that, but that makes sense because of, it's Sam's house. Right. Um, I don't know. And so they're starting to hint at stuff about, like, you know, they, they, indicate that they were the ones that buried the body they indicate they were well at least sam was very high there's again talk of a lot of drugs um and as they dig up the body we kind of start to see all the chunks of the body surface when out of nowhere henry and gino show up um oh i skipped the part of course where the flashback surprise well no i skipped the part where henry yeah. surprises them oh yeah um, yeah henry surprises tight. henry surprises gino back at a yeah, at his condo after he comes, he's returning to the house after seeing Pat, Patrick leave with Sam, and Henry's just there and he's like, "Hey, the mob wants to kill you because you're sniffing around so much. Uh, they told me to do it. I'm not going to do it, but you better, you better quit it." And then Gino, of course, puts the same guilt trip on him as always. That, um, you know, 
how about you actually do something about this these killers that are out on the loose that's the reason i'm ringing the bells here and mentions fire island and that's when henry's like oh i think oh shit patrick you know Mm -hmm. has henry met patrick well we know henry's met patrick but does does henry know patrick and dino were together before this i think he just knows fire island something's up because i don't this is is my question who knows who and where have people met because it's been it's a little confusing at this point because i i don't remember patrick interviewing henry because i think it's always been gino that's interacted with henry yeah right i don't know yeah, I don't know. If, I can't remember if Patrick ever went there and interviewed him. Mm-hmm. This is why it's a worth a rewatch because, you know, now I'll pay attention more to who met who because they're, you know, reminds me again, I'm going to say this, like an Agatha Christie novel where these relationships that you didn't know about in the beginning all of a sudden like come out in the open. You're like, oh, they actually knew each other or, oh, mm-hmm. they had a previous relationship in a different context. And right. this one, it this is a little more, like so there's subtlety there's heavy-handed and then there's just confusing and this is kind of confusing <laughs> i still like it i'm into it but it's a little confusing well so henry and gino show up on the beach um pretty soon after they start digging things up and gino's like what in the fuck am i seeing here patrick you've lied to me a lot but this is like over the top which fair enough gino i i agree with him in that regard. yep um and patrick is like well you know <laughs> <laughs> he was like it's not what it looks like it's like eh, it looks pretty bad yeah um but it, no it was a a freak accident which mm. Mm, i don't know okay um okay so that's when we get the flashback to 1979 right and apparently patrick um and met sam on fire island when he was lying to right off the uh, ferry barbara about where he was going he's saying he was on a, a like a on watch or something uh watching out what like spotted up watching a criminal so that way he could go be be himself right uh, so yeah pretty much as soon as he walks off the boat he you know gets invited to patrick's party and that's where he met he meets billy and what we just know about billy is he seems to be a twink um, yeah but uh i think they mentioned he was like from some small town where he was probably not accepted and so he made it out fresh off the bus so i think is what they say Mm-hmm. so they're at the party it's wild um not like the typical scenes that patrick clearly gets to participate in uh lots of drugs sam gets them both coked up out on the dance floor kind of thing yeah they, and they um... begin to pursue kind of a three-way situation but as sam says someone gets to be the special one um special one is is uh i don't know if that's that's the position you want to be in but mm-hmm. billy volunteers he leathers up and Sam puts them in some stockades that look like they're out of, you know, the Dark Ages or something like that. Um, then we get a pretty, pretty, I mean, relatively graphic, um, at least somewhat drawn out, like violent. I, I mean, I would. I don't know that violent. Say violent. Yeah, we get it. We get a sex scene. Um, I don't know that I'd call it violent, but effectively, what happens right is. Uh, he yeah i I mean excuse me for putting it this way but um patrick fucks him to death right like uh, so he has uh, let's talk about i mean i don't want to linger on it too long because it's pretty gruesome but he's got like a choker type thing on and he's in the stock yeah and it's like that he like suffocates from like being tugged on it like if you feel like the stockades are around his neck and he's like going back and forth in it it's like choking him right but yeah you feel like he would vocalize that i don't know um i it's not entirely clear to me exactly right how he he 
guy. But again, he was also on a ton of drugs too. So maybe he, that kind of drugs. Um, there was no, and I, this is not my experience because I don't dabble in this world, but, um, generally if you're in something like that, there is sort of a air hole or a mask or a ventilator of some sort. And they make it seem like this is, was going on for a long time because Patrick and, uh, Sam are kind of like tag teaming doing some coke and coming back and like, and directed, direction it was pretty awesome because it's it kept getting kind of like fuzzier as it went on so i'm assuming that he probably suffocated mm. um and but they don't know how long which is where it gets really morbid and because he looked like he was dead for a little bit i mean his eyes were open we, right and then like it's like yeah um but i mean it's not, again we should say at one point sam stops patrick from like yeah i don't i don't know exactly at that point what indicates to them that something is not right with mm-hmm. billy but that's when they take the mask and his eyes are open and glassy and like yeah he's he's been gone for a little bit yeah so that's pretty disturbing um so that's about it the other part too is that immediately sam starts sputtering and being like he consented this was consensual and it makes that scene from prior the a prior episode in which Patrick goes to investigate Sam and they have the cage downstairs where I think Freddie was in the cage. It makes that way darker when we mm-hmm. it in this and someone died and he still is like right this stuff, right? Right, right, right. And how much more would Patrick have investigated that because of this relationship they have from this experience? Right, exactly. Um, so they luckily though, Sam knows a fixer. By the name of codename uh Velvet Velvet the Velvet Touch. Did this, uh, feel like a pulp, did this feel like a pulp fiction illusion to you? I didn't hear that uh in when I was watching, but that is amazing. And yes, it would be. Yeah. Well Harvey Keitel, what is he known as in Pulp Fiction? It's like the is it like the something the something fox? Um I don't remember what his oh uh Winston Wolf is his character. Um AKA the wolf. It's not the fox. It's the wolf. Not the wolf. But he's, but he's, <laughs> yeah. He's the fixture that comes to clean up the dead body yeah. that's in, the, in Samuel L. Jackson's, in John Travolta's car. Yeah. Um, yep. So uh, I, that felt like a little bit of an illusion to me, the velvet touch. But he shows up um, and he brings an associate who's there intended to dismantle the body. Of course, that associate happens to be Mr. Whiteley himself um again this is two years before the, our current time right uh henry basically threatens whiteley it seems like whiteley doesn't want to do the job at this point so i feel like we're supposed to get the sense that this is early on and whiteley yeah he days. says like oh like it's like a beautiful boy like th- we've done like bad people in the past like this is seems like an innocent person why would i do that I get the sense a little bit that this is supposed to be a Whiteley origin story because what happens I, is Henry threatens to call Whiteley's mother and be like, I, I'll, I'll call mama and tell her what you are unless you do this. And yeah. so, I mean, the scene in which he's carving up the body kind of goes on for a long time. And the sounds are disturbing. There's a lot I, of bone saw. And I fast forward. I, I, I mean, I, I did listen through it and watch. It was a little bit much. Um, I mean, it's it's literal saw happening, right? Albeit with the dead. Ah. Um, but we see him like cut through all the different body parts. But also, I think partly what we're supposed to see in this scene is like him starting to enjoy it, right? 
coming to find he enjoys it. And that's where this kind of origin story piece comes from. I 100% wrote um, origin story as well. Because I think even at the end, he says, like, he says something about it being beautiful. And then he also says something about, like, someone should have been watching out for him and stuff. And these are, like, yep. you know, when we learn about his philosophy as a killer later, I feel like he utilizes some of the same phrases. Yep, exactly. So that's the end of our flashback. And, and you know, well, I, I, I should have mentioned the part, too, that at, at one point, Patrick says we should call the cops. And Sam says, we, the cops can't know him. Patrick says, I am a cop. I am a cop. Sam is like, <laughs> hey, why did you tell me you're a cop? Because so I'm on drugs. Exchange as well. So that's so Patrick. Sam knew Patrick was a cop from back then. Jumping back to the the day. So that's how we we now know the connection between. So Henry and Sam and Patrick. Patrick and a little bit widely kind of all knew each other from the past. So again, mm-hmm. your two Agatha Christie kind of threads. I don't think we've seen Sam and Henry interact. I don't think we've seen Patrick and Henry interact. We have right. seen Patrick and Sam interact, but didn't quite know the extent to which they knew each other. Right. But again, I do feel like if we watch that scene, it would make like it would be more clear. Um, or we'll go back and watch it and be like, mm. <laughs> oh shit, we could write that. Maybe, maybe. Um, but as they're, re- as they're reburying the body, which um, Gino decides he's going to help because he's like, what the fuck else am I going to do, basically? Um, he's stuck. Mm-hmm, he is pretty stuck. Uh, Patrick happens to notice that the bones are cut up in the same way as the Mai Tai Killer. I don't know enough about body dismemberment to know if that's like a, a typical thing that he would notice that like, you know. This, yeah, this it, is so CSI. It's so CSI. Like, oh, the same curvature of the bone in this murder weapon looks exactly like what we've been investigating. And we do know that we've seen dismemberment in the killer with the bodies. Like, think back to the first episode with the decapitation, right? Uh, so ew. this is kind of a classic CSI uh, discovery. We just needed uh, Patrick's revelation, smart, smart ass, and like lower his sunglasses. Yeah, Horatio sound in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but at this point too, I was like, well, Henry doesn't Henry know who the Mai Tai Killer is? Because we rec- like harken back to when Gino first interviews him. I'm pretty sure that Henry is like, oh yeah, I see a guy hanging around the bar. He hangs out at the last call, and he puts something in people's drink and takes them away. And so I had the same question. I I I don't know. I I, I mean. Do we really believe that Henry doesn't know that Whiteley's the Mai Tai killer, but it's maybe it's just, you know, finally convinces him that Whiteley has to go and that it's the right thing to do. Not so entirely clear. Right. I thought, I thought that maybe that means that Henry's in on it and he knows what's going on because of the Brownstone and what happens and the Mai Tais like, good Lord, you think mm-hmm. he would know, but, but, but the next scene that we get shows us like, ah, oh, I guess not. I guess he's a dummy. I, <laughs> doesn't right. really make sense well before we follow henry and gino to meet up with whiteley i will say that like this was a this was a, a very well i'll say the past the, the flashback was very dark very very yeah. dark the present scene actually sam was a pretty funny character with some of his lines here um so it was yeah. a little bit of a weird contrast you yeah. know what i mean i agree yeah yeah no i sam actually gave me some comedy that we maybe needed a little bit and it was and it wasn't like sa- sassy like over the top stuff it was just it, it was in it was actually in step with his character and what his character would do because mm-hmm. he's a very vain money uh type of dude uh but he also wants to just like pay it off bury it whatever like ten thousand dollars do it like get it just get it out get yeah. this away from me um 
I will say that whole sequence with the four of them on the beach before we move on to like where they branch off to made me really enjoy each of the characters. I've always, I've always liked Gino, although he can be a little frustrating sometimes because he's a little, he could be a lot, but um, I really started to like Sam a little bit and I've always loved Dennis O'Hare when that, whatever he does, but we haven't gotten him that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this, this whole episode of him turning into be this like fixer for the mob and then what he goes oh, through, I'm uh, rooting I for him. That. that might be my favorite. That might be my favorite twist from this episode. Yeah, he's actually, I'm a mob fixer, a mob hitman. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the velvet, the, uh, what do I call him? The velvet touch. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, Henry and Gino are now plotting to take to, and I. It's not fully clear to me at what point Henry realizes that, like. He needs. To, he does need to change his tune and do. I, I guess he must believe. I, I I guess Patrick seeing the the way the body's cut up must convince Henry that Whiteley is the guy and that like. Well, he and maybe he feels more responsible for the killings after that. Even though, because Gina's tried to make him feel some like guilt. involvement in the past, and he's been like, "No, nah, no, nah, yeah, like it's not yeah. my thing." But but I mean, I wish that would have been hinted at maybe a little bit more so we could understand like follow kind of his change in tone. But right, right. Well, when the, when he makes the call, are we there yet? Yeah, that's exactly what we're okay. at. <laughs> so when, when he makes the call to Whiteley uh, and talks to him and says, I got a job for you. And he's like, I'm busy. They go back and forth and let me pick you up. He, or he says, OK, I'll do it because he has to because he's got, you know, uh, le- he doesn't have leverage. They have leverage. The mob has leverage on him. And uh, he says, where can I pick you up? Henry says, where can I pick you up? And Wiley says, meet me at 9 p.m. at um, the Maltese. And as soon as they hang up, Henry says he knows something's up. So he can he knows that Mr. Wiley knows that something's askew, which is fantastic because the rest of this sequence, the last five minutes of the show, I thought were really awesome, where it's this tension of he knows they're meeting. And I'm actually obviously always rooting for Gino, but now I'm rooting for Henry too, because I think he's, you know, trying to, you know, sort of redeem he's himself not, he's, or something. Yeah. He's not, I don't feel he's not trying to absolve himself. He's just like, you know, redeem himself as much as he can. Um, and this very tall, lanky serial killer who isn't who's who's big and physical, but not like Big Daddy, um, still poses this like impending threat when you're ever by alone with him that we learned from the elevator scene two episodes ago which was also phenomenal so anyway henry goes to meet him at the bar while gino waits in the car but Mm -hmm. they decide we got to do it now we can't Mm -hmm. like we're not gonna be able to turn him in we got to just handle this i like this scene too um you know inside wiley has already bought henry and my tie by the time we sit down and I like he's like Henry, like very clearly, nope. like sticks the hand and pushes it away. <laughs> whiskey, I'll have a whiskey, please. <laughs> um, and immediately you kind of see Whiteley be like, "Oh, so you're on to me, right?" Mm-hmm. And so we can see that there's something there. Um, it makes you it makes you wonder what it was. Uh, so it must be the fact that um, Henry asked for his address that like alerted Whiteley that something was up. Because they must be very careful to like always meet someplace or something, mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah, Henry must have stumbled. One thing I did think here is like, I mean, and, and this didn't bother me with the storyline because, look, I mean, people can do irrational 
things. But Whiteley's really dabbling in some dangerous territory, trying like potentially trying to take out a mob hitman, right? Because even if he Good thinks point. something's, even if he thinks something's up, um, well, I guess at this point he's maybe fighting for his life. Maybe he thinks the mob's out to get him for one reason or another, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like the mob thinks that he's like hurting their business too much and people aren't going to come to their bars or something if they're getting murdered all the time. So maybe he's to a certain extent, maybe he's expected this for a while um, and, and thinks that Henry's coming at him on behalf of the mob, but also by doing something to Henry, he also again risks further backlash from the mob. But uh, you know, right. Whiteley says, excuse me, while I go to the bathroom first, Henry doesn't let it i mean really doesn't linger that long pulls out his gun and pretty quickly follows him back into the bathroom it's suspicious there was a moment in this piece where i thought oh maybe wiley's gonna climb out of a window and like jump into the car with gino but i was like oh gino's not gonna get kidnapped by wiley again no Um, but i don't know he could but that's exactly what i thought too he gino kept looking out the window i was like he's gonna turn the other way and wiley's gonna be there but Mm -hmm. i think they knew that we would think that which is great yeah great direction well no white whitely was like behind the behind the door of the bathroom or something like that um you know henry kicks open the stall which presumably whitely closed in order to make him think he was in there uh-huh. uh in, inject something into his neck i believe mm-hmm. um sedative is probably probably the same thing he puts in people's drinks right mm-hmm. uh and follows and basically um makes henry look like he's drunk as he drags him out of the bar and throws him in his car his um, move Mm-hmm. Just in time, though, for Gino to follow him back to presumably his apartment, the same apartment that Gino was trapped in previously, and go to another outdoor payphone, call Patrick, tell him he, he needs him. Who Patrick presumably is still on Fire Island, I guess, reburying Billy's body. Yep. Right. Uh, so we're, we're gearing up for a showdown between Patrick and... Um, Patrick, Gino, and I would love it if Sam showed up too. All we'll see if Sam feels an obligation or not. Yeah. But at least the you know, descending at this on... point, Henry Henry's theoretically still alive. So it's we're gonna see if Henry Henry gets saved, I guess. But that's kind of our cliffhanger, right? Yeah, I hope he does. He's so great. Me too. Me too. Um. Wow. So a lot. Yeah, Just a lot. I mean, this episode much... for for last episode being somewhat uneventful. This episode was very eventful. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Tell me how you feel about it. So back to back, I think last episode was meant to just make sure we spent time with some of those characters so they don't didn't fall to the wayside. Because truly the main story is Patrick, Gino, the serial killer, uh, and now sort of Sam because of their connection. I said earlier, but I think the connection that Henry and Sam and um, Patrick knew each other beforehand because of this event is awesome. I love that reveal. I don't think it was like executed like completely the best way, um, but I was still into it primarily because I love relationships that are based off that, that you don't know actually existed, but there's little seeds along the way. Um, I, I have to go back and rewatch because through the course of six episodes, I don't know if it was set up in a way where everyone could be like, oh, shit, you know, where you kind of things come together. This just feels like it was and they know each other, actually. Um, but that being said, I think it really was much more action packed. It completely advanced the plot 
with relationships and where things are going, which is important to do in a 10 episode series. Um, it was, I didn't miss any of the people. I actually think I wasn't as into Hannah Wells as much anymore. I'm like, her storyline is not the most exciting. The exciting storyline is these people who are doing the investigation. Um, I, I really liked this episode. Um, I'm glad that I had the chance to watch them separate, but I, I, but, but one day apart. So I still can reference the, the, the first episode, episode five, um, bad fortune. Mm -hmm. So I would say I would give this four and a quarter, uh, my ties. Mm, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, um, all your comments that you had said, like origin story, like, oh God, it's like an origin story for everybody, sort of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I was it executed perfectly? No, but um, but for American Horror Story, hell yeah, this is great. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought it I thought it did a pretty good job and it brought stories together in an interesting way. It was like good background that I, I mean, honestly, it adds layers to Sam as a character, um, makes it makes it darker, but like adds definitely fills in some of the blanks on Patrick and like where a lot of his darkness comes from, you know, um, having been involved in that. Uh, and the background too on um, Henry, like getting his background as a mob picture. Again, really love that piece of the story. I agree with you that like, I was less interested in the Hannah Wells piece at the beginning. I don't know that it was all that valuable to like see them go talk to her. Um, but yeah, this episode, I mean, again, the death was, it was pretty disturbing um but it was like a pivotal plot point and i do feel like it brought a lot of stuff together and it brought us to that tense scene at the bar and then of course the cliffhanger we get at the end of this episode um i agree with you too that like in retrospect it makes me feel like the episode prior to this almost could have been cut completely um i don't know it's almost like we just needed a tool to like kind of almost like get rid of barbara like we didn't know what to do with her storyline and then it was also like oh hey adam and theo are here too and fran <laughs> you know yeah um so it's it's, it's like after watching this i'm almost like like, there's part of me that would like knock last episode down an additional quarter point i know yeah Um, because it's just it is just totally unrelated or feels like that um but i yeah so i i agree with you all the way through otherwise and i think this um i mean i think i'm gonna give us episode a four um, I don't think it was perfect, but I think it was it was it was good. I think it was a good kind of pullback, and I, I'm glad it kind of got us back on track after the last episode. Mm-hmm. This is somewhat meandering. Um, I don't know. I do have some questions for you. Like, I'm curious where you think the rest of the season is going based on where we're at now. If I yeah. had to predict, I feel like next episode, episode uh, the Sentinel seven, seven. It almost feels like maybe episode seven and eight. So the Sentinel is gonna is, is like his weird um body well like we're gonna see Frank, the body actually Frank yeah. and body yeah maybe the maybe the pride parade um yeah so i feel like we're not gonna actually see whitely meet his comeuppance next episode but i don't I, think I, so I, I almost feel like it might happen though in the next two episodes and i feel like we might use the back two episodes to tell the rest of the big daddy and the hiv story um uh. that, that's my guess as to where we're going because i feel like they're gonna need a couple episodes to let the whole Hannah Wells story and yeah, you know, uh, Plum Island and everything breathe a little bit. 
the last two episodes are, I believe, titled like Requiem Part One and Requiem Part Two for 1981 and 1987 or something like it. So we'll get the flash forward possibly to see where people are at. Slash. Well, so so theoretically, someone's going to be a survivor, right? Yeah. And I, I think we know not everybody's going to be, so it's kind of a toss up at this point. Yeah. Going to live through it. It's going to be very dark because seemingly everyone's has HIV at this point. Do we? Do we know anybody at this point who doesn't? I guess we're not entirely sure. Like first, because like Gino at first only had fleas, but then it's we like, also know yeah. that his disease. Oh, he, Gino, like, yeah. Theo, the, I think, is the only one that we don't know. Hasn't shown anything with blood count. Oh no, but you said that that possibly he his blood was taken by Hannah, and they all showed low they blood, all had red low blood. blood to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ka- I mean, I guess it would be like Kathy. Kathy? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess so. Henry, I, I guess we don't know Henry. Oh, that's true. That's true. Henry, yeah. Oh, if, that'd if be great. If he, if he, if he survives. survives Whitely. Yeah. Did you watch Because the... even Whitely, I, I think we believe, has HIV. If we remember back to when he... Um, oh, he was, was at the... Too. He's like, my cat scratched me. Yeah, the cat scratch thing. Big, huge shout out to Jeff Hiller, who plays Mr. Whitely. He is crushing it he is so good uh, we've talked about him a few times and i loved him in somebody somewhere that that hbo show and he's hilarious in it um i looked him up earlier and he's actually also a comedian so this is a very funny different role for him but um i think he's fantastic and i i props to this dude for being able to be yeah. both like kind of a comedian but also quite sinister yeah he's got that perfect um tinge to him that allows you to fear him but also kind of chuckle when he does some sinister things he it's, must be a huge guy too right he looks like he must i be looked him up where's my screen there six five yeah mm-hmm. he's a big yeah dude. he's a he's a tall dude um and again i'm gonna say like definitely check out the show um somebody somewhere on hbo if you're into that type of stuff it's in kansas mm-hmm. um I think I'm excited to see what this body looks like. The Sentinel next episode. If the preview had this, the trailer, and it's supposed to like, I think they all see it, and I think we see Henry still trapped. So, last thing I wanted to ask you too. So we we're going to come back to the Big Daddy thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so if if we keep thinking of like, well, when have we seen like the Big Daddy? Well, so we've seen the straight like the body that you know how like there's the leather body that is always like seeming to be at um sam's front door oh yeah yeah his um, his, his doorman it, it makes it seem that much weirder that sam still has that after having had that disturbing experience with somebody mm-hmm. with a mask um i was i was gonna say like somehow draw this back to being like a some kind of like haunting thing and sam and patrick's subconscious but then again other people see that the big daddy person too Maybe so it's, it's infected it's, people, though. Only infected people see it. Right. Well, I think that's probably true. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that is the plot line that I have questions around how it's going to be answered. Um, that seems like I'm worried with the one that's more like a veer into the paranormal. I'm preferring this more noir-esque yeah. um, dark detective yeah, me too. story. Um, with with Whiteley as the killer right now. That's where my mind's at. Yep, I agree. Uh, 
any final thoughts on this episode i'm excited um i think i like that we got to do you and i got to do it differently where we watch one and one uh back to back on different days as opposed to slammed right against each other so it was interesting um I think the acting caliber is fantastic in this show. And I really look forward to see what they're going to do. Cause we still don't necessarily have complete supernatural things happening. Last episode, we had some kind of visions and stuff, but that could also be just hallucinations and written off that way or people going through some mental trauma, uh, perhaps. Um, I think, yeah, everything that's happened so far could be written off as actual uh, literal realistic things that have happened or through mental issues. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. We haven't had also, a lot. That tells me right. otherwise. Like there's yeah. no one that died. That came back to life. <laughs> no. And hopefully that stays that way. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> big daddy. Um, but yeah, I, I get rid of the point you're making. Um, and I agree with you too, the acting caliber, especially and this episode too was great because I feel like, okay, Zachary Quinto, um, Russell Tovey, Joe Manello. 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 I always, yeah. his last name, I always, I always want to say the, that other guy that's married to Sylvia Vergara. Um, oh. <laughs> and um, obviously Dennis O'Hare and the guy you were just talking about, what's uh, something Heller, right? What's his first name? Montello, sorry, Joe Montello and Jeff Joe Hiller Mantello. and Jeff, Jeff Hiller. Hiller. All five of those guys, they're great. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, and they play off each other really well. Too. They so do this like an incredibly well acted episode. Uh, so we should call that out. Yeah. Um, Big Dale, fans. Yeah. So we'll see where things go next week. There's a lot of drama, high drama leaving us at this cliffhanger. Um, so we'll be excited to rejoin you all next week to, uh, I guess, follow up on exactly it is, um, exactly whatever happens. Woohoo. Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? I'll be on Instagram at Chris Houston, Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? I, I, I still have I still have my Twitter, but I'm just I'm just there to look. I'm not there to engage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I'm on Instagram too at tjmoss11, and you can check us out on YouTube at This American Horror Story Podcast um thank you all for listening we sincerely appreciate it hope you all have an awesome week and we're excited to chat with you next week for the back end of american horror story nyc until then thank you so much reach out to us as always via our uh, gmail on this american horror story at gmail or on facebook at facebook.com slash this american horror story until next week folks hope you have a good one and happy hunting.